Pause I Am Radio with your host, Robert Brining, sharing stories from across the United States and around the world. To join the conversation, call 929-477-3572. That's 929-477-3572. Each week, we'll bring you our exclusive HIV scoop with Josh Robbins and your positive message from Rise Up to HIV and Kevin Maloney. Your weekly dose of hope. Pause I Am Radio. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome back to Pause I Am Radio. After a three-month hiatus, it is good to be back on the airwaves and here sharing stories of hope um, of those living with HIV and, um, you know, offering a safe space to ask questions and uh, be yourself. So I'm excited to be back on. I took some time off through the holidays um, with, you know, dealing with some personal issues of job hunting and, and things of that nature. Um, so it's just really good to be back. It's a great month to come back in. April, spring's done. We had a really bad winter here. Uh, the last month we had about three or four nor'easter, nor'easters come through uh, the Philly area up uh, the coast, and we kind of got pounded. Um, so most of the weekends, um, when I wish I was doing the show, I was shoveling snow instead of uh, being here with you all. So I'm just excited to be back again. My name's Robert Brining. I'm here now every Sunday coming up 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, bringing you your dose of hope. Uh, today we have a wonderful mother of three, um, Jennifer Vaughn. Uh, I've recently seen her popping up on my Facebook and Instagram and Twitter page. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's nice to hear, you know, someone's personal journey of HIV. And, you know, we, that's what the main core of this show is about, is offering hope through each other's stories. So when Jennifer comes on, she's going to, share her story of what it's like to be a mother of three living with HIV and, and how she went from, you know, how she handles and juggles mom and activism because uh, I'm sure that is a struggle as activism is a struggle with my daily life that I couldn't imagine also having three kids on top of working and trying to, you know, be an activist and, and, and share my story and, and do this for, for everyone. Um, you know, who is in need of it. So I'm excited to be back and I'm excited to have Jennifer join me. While I was gone, there were a few uh, headlines that uh, popped up uh, and a lot recently, actually. But um, the, the one thing I do want to mention today is that um, today actually is uh, April 8th and it is the anniversary of Ryan White's passing. Um, this past summer, I had the opportunity to meet his mother, uh, Jeannie, at Positive Living Conference in Fort Walton Beach, Florida. Um, if you're not familiar with that conference, check it out. Go to AIDSOasis.org. Um, it's been going on for 20 years. And his mother was so um, inspirational, just sharing the story of what it was like, you know, for Ryan uh, to go through what he went through and how brave he was at that time when, you know, it was so crazy for someone to talk about it and, and for him to be so young and so brave and to open up so many doors for us today. And, you know, if it wasn't for that man, uh, you know, that boy, we wouldn't be where we are. Um, so I am so grateful that he was able to be the brave young man that he was and to go out there and to really break down the stigma because, you know, stigma not only affects the people living with HIV, but it also affects those who are afraid to get tested for HIV. Um, the stigma kind of the fear of it feeds into um, people being afraid to get tested. Um, and it's something that should be done on a normal basis, um, especially if you're having sex. So I, you know, just want to, you know, take a moment and, and thank Ryan for his fight because he basically gave his life to, to make it better for us living today. And, and his mother, who is still continuing to share his story and, and, and be a part of the fight. Um, it's amazing. She's an amazing mother and, and he was definitely blessed and, and she was blessed to have each other. And, you know, one of the, the relationships that his mother spoke about was his uh, relationship with, with um, Elton John. And, and it, it was really cool how Elton really reached out to them and, and really helped him and his family. So kudos to Elton John for being such an amazing advocate in the fight. So uh, one of the other uh, headlines that hit uh, the internet recently, I would say last week, 
had to do with um, the hookup app Grinder. Um, and what came out was that they were revealing the HIV status of users with outside companies. Now, HIV, putting your HIV status is something that is optional, so not everybody does that, but there are people who go out there and are not afraid to include their status, you know, when they're possibly looking for a partner, but maybe not necessarily with outside logistics companies that are trying to get, uh, you know, um, just uh, statistics and stuff like that. So um, Grindr did come back with an apology, um, and I, I'm reading this here. It's linked on uh, CNN.com under their money section, and uh, they apologized, and they said they'd stop sharing the statuses with outside companies. So the question that we'll be asking through the show, if you're listening and want to call in, is are you still going to put your status out there if you now heard that this uh, app is sharing with other companies. Uh, so please call the show if you're interested. The number is 929-477-3572. We'll be taking calls uh, throughout the show, whether you have questions about any of the hot topics we spoke about, or if you have a question or comment for myself or Jennifer. I see Jennifer is on the line, so let me go ahead and switch over and bring her on. Jennifer, welcome to the show. Hi, Robert. Thank you. Thanks for having me. How are you? How are you doing? I'm good. I'm, I'm good. I have no kids uh, in my house, but this is great. <laughs> oh, wow. How did you manage that one? Uh, I don't really know. It just happened. It was just like <laughs> good luck. So I don't have anybody calling me or yelling or anything. I just have some animals around me, so I'm all good to go. <laughs> right. So, so speaking about kids, you have three kids, right? They're 17, 14, and 10. Um, I do. Yep. I guess you know one of the the main uh, questions that everybody always asks when we have uh, you know especially mothers on is how do they have that conversation with their children? So you um, let let's first start with your diagnosis. You were diagnosed two years ago, correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. So tell me right one. What made you go? Yeah. Oh wow! What made you go get tested? Um, well, I've been sick for probably about a month to maybe six weeks to a month. It just kind of get, was getting progressively worse. And they just, I, you know, I'd been to a doctor's office that, you know, every time you go there, you see a different doctor. So it wasn't really being seen by one particular doctor. And it was just being um, written off as just a virus. And, you know, it'll go away, it'll get better. But it wasn't. And, you know, about two weeks before I was actually diagnosed, it was like, wow, I'm like, like I just, I remember being in a classroom, I substitute teacher, I remember the kids going out to recess and literally having to like go lay down in their reading corner on a beanbag and like just going, I've just got to lay down here and like sleep for a second. I'm just exhausted. And, you know, I would come home and I would just want to get in the bathtub because my body was aching. And I remember my hips were hurting all during the night and I kept thinking um, that I needed to change my mattress. Like all these, it was just, I didn't know, you know, I had no idea what was going on. And so I kept going. The symptoms were getting worse. By the time it turned into like fevers and night sweats, you know, I'm like, okay, something's up. Obviously my body's fighting something off. So then they finally did blood work, but no HIV test. And um, they said, oh, there's some things that are abnormal. You need to go to see um, an internal medicine doctor. And so when I went to see him, he was the one that was just, like something's, you know, he was on to it for sure because he kept asking me if I had a sore throat and I didn't at the time, but I had had, you know, in that moment I wasn't thinking about it, but I'd had several sore throats within the last like two and a half years that never ended up being stress. And it was like, cause I went back and looked at my all my medical records after I found out and I was like, oh, that, that's what it was. So he was on to it. He did the HIV test. And I have to tell you, when I was in that office, I really, really thought that I had a parasite in my body from the ocean, I thought, because I was surfing and I was like certain. And I knew there was a time that I'd recently, within the last like two months prior to that, had been hit by a really big wave and I'd swallowed water. And I remember thinking like, that was it. That's when it happened. <laughs> so my mind was not on HIV. Yeah. Like my mind, HIV was not on my mind at all, at all. So there's a lot of people that take the test when they're waiting. They're so panicked. And I never went through that yeah. because it wasn't, I wasn't thinking about it. And so when the call came in, like literally three hours later and I, I, um, I thought I was going to wait at least like three days for a result. Cause I thought, well, if it's a, parasite they have to put it in a petri dish and it's going to take like three days and I'm just I was prepared to wait and I'm like okay then we'll find out what it is and I can take the right antibiotic and I'll be all better and it'll be good to go I was I was like 99% sure that's what it was and so you know the test came back and they, they actually he called that night which 
you know, I've been told, like, maybe that shouldn't have happened, that um, I should have been brought into the office because I was literally just left with that information. Like, it was a five-minute conversation of, I'm really sorry to tell you this, but you're, you tested positive for the antibody for HIV. And I just, just remember, just like, I couldn't, nothing was clear in that moment. I couldn't believe it. And it was just, it just didn't even make sense. And my boyfriend was sitting right there. I'm getting to the part with my kids. So my boyfriend was sitting right there and he saw my mouth just drop and he's mouthing to me, what's he saying? What's he saying? And I just looked at him and I said, he said, I tested positive for HIV. And I just remember like, feeling like everything around me was going to change. Like my life's over. Like this man that I'm looking at that I've been living or not living with, but been dating for a year. I'm thinking he's going to be gone. I, I, I'm going to be like, I'm going to have to leave this town because there's no way I can live here anymore. People are going to like know. And they're going to, I mean, I can't, I'm not going to be able to go anywhere. You know, I mean, that, those were like my first initial, like just in shock thoughts. And my, my daughter walked down um, within like, minutes after that phone call. And like I said, I was left with that phone call. So, you know what, go to bed that night and know that I had HIV, but I had zero counseling. I didn't even, you know, I was really sick at that moment too. Um, so she comes down and I'm just in disbelief, but in a way like going, well, okay, we have an answer now at least. Cause at that point I was, didn't know it, but I was about a week away from finding out that I actually, my CD4 count was under a hundred and I was actually much sicker than I thought. But she starts, like, getting on her phone, and she's looking up HIV, and, you know, she's never been through the 80s and the 90s, so she didn't come from that era, so she didn't have this, like, really understanding of what it was, and she just said, Mom, you know, people don't die from this today, and really, I mean, I really didn't know what any of it meant. I mean, I knew what HIV was, but it was, in my mind, it was um, death and probably being sick for the rest of my life, and, you know, it was just, everything was really, really an awful thought. There was nothing that, I didn't know enough about it. And she started, you know, right away checking stuff out on her phone. So I have to say she handled it just like very smoothly and easily because she just, you know, again, she didn't grow up with what I knew about it. And then my 14-year-old, she was 12 at the time. So, um, and my 10-year-old, he was, he was eight at the time. So I really explained to them kind of like, um, I remember explaining it like Pac-Man and saying the medicine that I'm taking is going around and it's like eating up all the ghosts. And it's like, you know, but it can't get rid of them all the way. But there's this virus in my body that keeps like it was replicating. And I said, and I got it from, you know, I told them who I got it from because it, it took a, I didn't tell them right away what I had. It took, you know, I probably waited about a week before I really started explaining and using the word HIV. But um, I well, did, sure you had you know, to do your own research it. and, you know, I'm sure you had to do yeah. your own research and kind of, you know, uh, take it in yourself. Totally. <laughs> totally. I didn't know. Yeah, there was no telling them all that stuff in the beginning. I had to, I had to learn. I forget how much I didn't know in the beginning. And it's, you you know, you realize, obviously, when this happens to you, you learn a lot. And uh, and then, of course, I, as I, I started understanding it, I was trying to think of it in, like, kids' terms of how I could explain it to them so it didn't sound scary. You know, and I, and at that point, I remember when I was explaining to them, I was still, you know, really sick. It took about, oh, I don't know, another month before I started feeling normal again. So even like during that month, I wasn't sure what it all meant because I didn't know, you know, well, I feel maybe I'm going to feel 75% better, but 25% of me is going to be sick now. Like I didn't really get, and I knew people like the person who gave it to me when I got a hold of him and found out it was him, you know, he said, you will feel normal again. I promise you. And I remember the doctor saying that, but in that moment, you can't believe it. You're like, no, I'm probably yeah. going to be sick forever. And I, I've, you know, it's this weird feeling of feeling like you kind of deserve it too. Like maybe because it happened to you, you're like, well, it happened to me. It was never supposed to. And I, maybe I'm supposed to be sick now, you know, like I'm being punished. So, but my kids was, handled was there it ever a, really well. Was there ever a moment, was there ever a moment when you didn't want to tell your kids? Like when you thought, oh, I can't tell them. No, no, I'm really open with them. And so I, there was just no way there was just like, yeah, because I was telling too many people that I, um, that were acquaintances that knew that I'd been sick. And, you know, I originally was just telling people pneumonia and then I would, I would just, you know, about a week later when I found out it was an AIDS, AIDS diagnosis, it was like, this is absurd. Like I've, to tell, like, I can't believe that I'm saying this, but I have AIDS. Like, I mean, you know, so it was kind of more like there was like, it's so absurd to me. I had to say it. So I was saying it to like people that, you know, different acquaintances and friends and, um, and it just, the more I said it, it was like, okay, I'm just saying it now. I got, and it was kind of, I remember walking my dog at one point and realizing how many people I'd already told and going, 
there's kind of no going back now. Like I've said it to too many people. Like I can't just all <laughs> yeah. pretend like this is not the thing anymore. So I'm like, okay, I guess I just keep saying it because I'm, there's too many people that know now. So yeah. And that led to my so it's kind of how it works. I did like three weeks later. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, so, 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 so tell me, tell us about the post it. because a lot of people are using mm-hmm. social media, you know, to come out or to do certain things. And, you know, um, what did your post, like, what did you use your post, your first post, like, what was that about? Kind of tell us how, what made you want to do that? Because there's a difference from going um, from the people that you see every day than to, you know, random people out in the world. (laughs) Totally. Well, my post, I only had about 350 Facebook friends at that point. It was a lot of high school friends. Um, You know, the Mm -hmm. people that I didn't even know in high school, but we'd all connected at one point once Facebook blew up. And um, so I probably had like 60 people from, you know, high school and then a lot of family and, and um, distant family. And I, those were the people that I thought of the whole time I did it. I was like, okay, I had already put on there that I was sick and I'd already said something about having pneumonia. So everybody knew that I'd been really sick. And, um, but then my family, like close family, um, you know, they were, they were, they knew, they knew that it was HIV and um, I was explaining over the phone to a lot of them. So, and just hearing you know, their concern and worry and still loving me. I felt safe putting it on Facebook. I don't know why. And, and I waited until Eric left. I decided, um, uh-huh. and literally, I think he left that day and I finally did it. And I didn't know what our future was. We really didn't discuss it. That's kind of us, though. We don't discuss anything. We just kind of just keep, we just roll with our relationship. We've been together for three years. So we, don't <laughs> even, we don't even talk about the future. That's just us. We just, that's how we like it. So, yeah, I didn't feel like it was, but I didn't know. I mean, he was driving back to Canada for his, um, he'd been here for the winter and he was gone. He was going to be leaving and I would, you know, probably see him in the next couple of months after he left. And he just said, just get better. You know, that's, that's how he left it when we, when we left. And so I just felt like I just want to do this. So I wrote my post. I explained, look, this is what has happened to me. This is what it all means. This is what HIV is. Now I have something called a viral load and a CD4 count. And yes, I have AIDS right now, but I'm feeling really good. And I will eventually be normal again and feel nice like myself. And, you know, I showed a picture of me in the hospital with my mask and I showed a picture of, you know, me kissing Eric on the cheek saying goodbye. So I said, you know, I've had a lot of love and support. And I said, but I just wanted everybody to know really exactly what happened to me. And I sat there. Oh, I remember my hand just shaking before I hit the send <laughs> button to put it out. I was just like, and I read it through probably a thousand times going, this isn't, you know, I'm doing this. Like, I'm going to flip and do this. Everybody's going to know now. And I mean, I mean, it for me, it felt huge. I probably got over 150 replies and likes, and I sat there on my computer probably till two in the morning, writing back to people. Just the support was amazing, and I just remember just oh, it's just a mess. I sat there with a box of Kleenex, crying, and I was I remember just sitting on my couch. I was all by myself. I don't know. My kids must have been with their dad that night or something. I'm not sure, but I <laughs> yeah, I was alone and. And I just, it was a really unbelievably supportive um, time. I'll never forget it. It was just amazing. So it was really very positive. Yeah. Yeah. I remember the first time I I put it out there and, you know, I was always concerned about maybe the relatives that I don't see all the time. You know what I mean? Like you're distant, Mm -hmm. like you were saying. And, um, you know, Mm -hmm. it ended up getting good replies. I had a cousin uh, who passed away when I was really young of, of AIDS. Um, so my dad's side of the family had a little bit of knowledge of what it was like. So it was a little bit comforting, I guess, to know that, you know, somebody lit that trail for me a little bit where I was a little bit more accepting, accepted at that, at that moment. But it could be, it could be tough to put it out there because I had some negative, some negativity from mm-hmm. family members, maybe some, some classmates who was an ass, but <laughs> I mean, did you get any negativity? Yeah. I see that you posted some negativity today. I thought I saw that on, where was that on? On Instagram? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm playing Ruth Ann Smith. She's on, I, she just showed up on my YouTube channel, and boy, she's given it to me. And, I, you know, I'll never argue back with anybody just because it gets, it gets uh-huh. you nowhere, and I learned that going through a divorce. Um, so, because people just want to continually defend themselves. So I just try to make light of it. And I, I, you know, I'm like, oh, Ruth Ann, my God, maybe you need, you know, I don't know. I just, I come up with something funny usually and I'll, I'll do music to it and kind of like yeah. make it, poke fun at it because it is ridiculous. It's ridiculous to me. She's yeah. mad at me because I have a virus in my body. Like it's none of her business. Like it's just ridiculous. But 
Um, anyways, yeah, that's pretty much the only place I get negativity is on my YouTube channel, and, and you know, so be it. I mean, I've gotten used to it at this point. It's not so common. Yeah. yeah. It's not too common, but I know a lot of uh, a lot of other people, fellow activists who do that, they tend to leave the comments there that are negative. Mm-hmm. Do you do that, or do mm-hmm. you eventually erase them? I Well, with her, I'm having so much fun with her that I'm leaving everything out. Like, I mean, she's writing in all caps. She's... She's writing in all capital letters. She's got gazillion, you know, exclamation points. She's so angry. I told her she should probably hit her computer. She might feel better. I'm like, my God. I'm like, <laughs> I said, are you losing sleep over this? Like, this is crazy. You know, and I said, to me, it's, I have so many people that support me now that I do leave yeah. that up. Um, I did, I used to get them before I really had a, any following and I would like literally hit delete. Like I'd read it and I'd hit delete because I'd be like, oh, like a hot potato. Like I have to get rid of it. And it, because it would just like hit me in the gut. It was like mean. It was so mean what people yeah. were saying. And, and, and so I would, you know, you're, you're, a, I'll never forget the walking biohazard one. You're a walking biohazard. I was like, oh my God. Like I was in love with somebody and I had sex with them and I did not mean to get, and I'm a walking biohazard now. Like, wow, like this is crazy. So the, it didn't add up in my mind, but yeah, I eventually stopped deleting them. Um, I mean, I get a lot of spam for, you know, all these different chores. And if it has like a, um, yeah. A, like a 1-800 number, those I get rid of immediately just because they're, they're just all garbage. But um, Ads. yeah, yeah it, usually the trolls, it, especially when I'm having fun with them, I'll yeah, leave it all up because I have people that yeah, will I know. Like, say stuff to them and, you know, it's fun. Yeah, it kind of also exposes the stigma and allows people to see that there are still people who are uneducated, you know what I mean, and, mm-hmm. and don't really know what they're talking about because – some people, you know, think that, oh, there's a pill now, HIV is fine, you should be able to live a nice and healthy life, but there's all these other aspects that come along with it. There's the mental part, the stigma that comes along with it, and the stigma is really what kills people more than, you know, I feel like the virus nowadays because it's so heavy definitely. on us, you know what I mean? So yeah, I, I used to delete them, but now I kind of leave them up to expose, um, you know, the negativity and the stupidity of some people. I do that as well. And a lot, you know, people get confused because I'll sometimes put it in my Facebook and I'll want to show people like, this is what people say to me. And I get so many comments that come back and say, oh, don't, don't let it bother you. And and I'm like, no, 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 that's not the point. I I don't need pity or anything. I'm fine. But I want everybody to see like, this is really, truly how people feel about this. And people should know that it's this bad, that just because I have a I have a virus in my body that can't hurt anybody that there's people that hate me. Like, that's really crazy. Like, do you hate somebody who has cancer or diabetes? I mean, or the flu? I mean, why do you hate me? Like they really loathe people with HIV and it, to me, it just, it doesn't make sense. It's just, it's crazy mm-hmm. to me. So yeah, but if people that, when I put those up, a lot of people take it the wrong way and they think, you know, and they say, Oh, don't pay attention to the trolls. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just putting up for aware. It's for awareness. It's for awareness. And people should know that that's, and I agree, they should look and see what is out there for sure. Cool. So one of the other cool things I saw about you is that you, uh, you've been working as a substitute teacher for 10 years. So do <laughs> yeah, you I still have. do that? <laughs> I do, yeah. Usually you do still right do that. After, yes. Yeah, I started that after I um, went through a divorce. Um, I have a degree in radio, TV, and film. And, um, but then I, oh, nice. and I used to work in pharmaceuticals. I was a sales rep for a while and I did a lot of, you know, um, administrative assistant jobs, but then we got married and I started having kids and, um, financially it was okay. We decided that I would stay home and be a mom. So I did that for nine years and then I went through a divorce and, um, I needed to go back to work for sure. And I had a, you know, a one-year-old and a, um, gosh, Ryan was four, Joey was seven, and I was just like, I didn't know what to do. I tried to get back into pharmaceutical sales, but really after being out for nine years, they weren't interested. So then thankfully there were signs up all over my um, area saying they were looking for substitute teachers. And you needed, all you needed was to have a degree and take a test. And I had studied up for that and passed it and then passed fingerprinting. And I did it. And they don't train you at all. They just literally put you in the classroom and you in there. It. And so <laughs> it was terrifying yeah and I was really really scared I only did elementary school for a long time and then I decided I didn't want to do it anymore and I got my medical assisting um, certification I worked at a doctor's office for two years and 
that I didn't end up really liking. It was just too micromanaged. And so I, um, that ended and I went back into um, substitute teaching and I've been doing it for probably, I think it's been about five years now. And I do high school. I'll do anything from kinder to high school. I'll do any grade, any class. I love it. And now it's like, it's just, I love it. I love it. (laughs) No, that's awesome. Um, you know, teachers are important and they're, they're, you know, they're underrated, put it that way. I think teachers deserve a lot more credit than what they because they got to deal with a lot of crap that, you know, you don't really oh, see. It's a hard job. But, um, <laughs> do you, uh, so you teach from, you said you, you taught from kindergarten to senior year. Have you brought any of your activism into any of the, like the seniors or the, or the high school students that you may substitute for? Uh, well, yeah, I really. Or, or is, there a sub- I is there a specific to... subject that you focus on? Um, no, I'll do whatever. I'm substitute teaching. You're not teaching a whole lot anyways. You're typically just babysitting and <laughs> handing out papers and yeah. putting them on their Chromebooks and saying, you know, don't go on YouTube. That's pretty much what you do. It's in taking attendance. It's, it's, it's not what the teacher does. The teacher's got the real job. The subs just come in and it's, it's, that's why I love it. There's no stress and I'm done when the kids are done. But, um, a lot of the kids have found out about my Instagram and my YouTube channel and the junior highs and they are really excited about it. But then they see, Oh, what is it? What is this? Why why are you on YouTube? Why are you doing Instagram? What is it? What's HIV? And so then it's an opportunity for me to like, you know, right. I, I don't want to say too much because it's sexually related. And I know sometimes they have to yeah. get permission to have like the sex head classes. So I have to be pretty careful about um, how much I tell them. I just say I got a virus from somebody and I kind of explain what it is and I'm okay. And, you know, a lot of people want to know about it because I got really sick and this is a very common virus, and so I just I kind of explained to it in that term, because um, a lot of them don't in junior high don't know the word, the term or the letters HIV, but um, in high school they do, and you know they'll say yeah it's an it's an STD right you know and still it's not really totally clear I don't they don't get a whole lot of education on it I think it, they might even spend you know, part of a day on it. I don't think it's something that's, you know, from what I hear from people that are out of high school, they said, we hardly learned anything about HIV. So I feel like there's a real lack of um, education about about STDs and, and um, specifically um, HIV. But um, yeah, the high school kids, they're so into their phones and everything. Like they don't, they're not that interested in uh, learning about it. But if somebody asks, I'll, I'll be completely honest with them and tell them anything they need to know. You know, so, right. um, but it doesn't, I'm not, I'm not allowed to like come in and just teach a class on it. Like I, whatever subject I'm there for, that's the one I have to, you know, focus on. But um, if anybody asks questions, you know, I try to be discreet and answer whatever questions they have. But yeah, to my kids, yeah. my 14 year old dismay, a lot of kids do know about me at her school from YouTube and Instagram. And it's just mortifying. <laughs> my 17 year old, <laughs> it really does. It's really funny. She's like, why did you talk about your YouTube channel in that class? And she was so and so was in the class. And I said, because somebody asked me about it. I'm like, Ryan, if they ask, I'm going to say something, you know? And she's like, oh my God. And then my 17-year-old is, like, totally fine with it. She's, like, she thinks it's awesome. And, you know, I, I mean, I know my 14-year-old does, too, but I think it's just she's just that age where she's, like, oh, my God, please don't talk about it at school. So, but that's kind you're, of how the 17-year-old, I haven't really. You, you, mm-hmm. Your 17-year-old, that's the one that you took for the piercing, right? Yes, that was yesterday. She got her. Oh, I saw that. Here. Oh, God, yeah, I saw so that cool. on, um, on uh, Instagram. That looked like it hurt. Yeah. It, she said it was the most painful piercing she's ever had by far. And I never would have known because she was very calm. And she said, as soon as you pushed it through, she said, awesome, which I thought was a weird word to say. But you pushed it through, and it's like on this, like, fish hook that's kind of rounded, and it has to go all the way through. It's disgusting. And, so, and it's that little piece of your ear, that little piece of cartilage that's, like, you know, right yeah. in front of your ear. Um, anyway, she wanted – she's been dying to have a little moon – earring right there and I said why don't you just draw it on like it's like why do you need to have an <laughs> earring but whatever she's got it she no it, 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 it looks cute in the right, end so. yeah, yeah in the end it looks really cute yeah, yeah. <laughs> she could do all That's the cool stuff she wants it's the tattoos that I'm a little afraid of but go ahead yeah yeah, right. Because <laughs> once they start, they don't end. Usually, <laughs> exactly. They get yeah. You get totally like addicted to them, and they're permanent for the most part. So yeah, the piercings are different. <laughs> I'm kind of okay with that, cause, you know. But yeah, I think she's good for a while. <laughs> so yeah, that's that was funny. Fun. So, but, yeah, that was my so, 17 year old. Mm-hmm. 
So how did so you came? When was it that you posted that um, uh, post on Facebook? That was what, five months. Was that five months after your diagnosis, or was that right after your diagnosis? No, that was that was three weeks, and then I I kept going on YouTube for you know I was basically told by my doctor you're never going to find a support. Well, she wasn't rude. She just said you know there's really no support group because they're going to be like homeless women or um, drug addicts. Like there's no like. For like a woman like myself, wow. there's not going to be a support group. And I'm like, yeah, so I was like, okay. So, and you know, I don't have any girlfriends that say, oh, yeah, I have HIV too. I mean, it just isn't in my circles at all. And so I'm like, okay. So I was like looking on YouTube and basically all I'm finding is gay men for, you know, YouTube videos. And I'm not finding anybody yeah. like me. And so that after months and months of just thinking about it and kind of like, well, what if I did a video? What if I did this and maybe I'd find another woman out there who went through what I went through, or maybe there'll be some newly diagnosed woman who will find me and then there will be somebody else. That was true. Like I felt like I was the only woman that had this. I really, I mean, I knew I couldn't be, but I really felt like maybe there was only like two or three of us out there. Like I just thought so, that was my initial reason for doing the video. I put it out in August. So I was diagnosed February 15th. I did my Facebook at like the end of February. And then like mid-August is when I did the YouTube video. And um, I just thought, um, I also wanted everybody to know like the whole story. Like I thought, they knew a little bit on Facebook, but I really wanted them to get like exactly what had happened and, and what I went through. And what a shock it was because it just was not what I thought it was going to be. And then also that I'm okay. Like, I can't believe it. And I get so much crap for this, but I always say it's not a big deal. Like, and I, I don't mean that in disrespect to anybody with HIV, but for me, for what I went through and for what I thought it was going to be, it truly felt like it was not a big deal. Not, and I, and again, it was no disrespect to people who have, you know, had HIV for 30 years. It was just in, in my personal like journey, I felt like I can totally do this. I'm just so thankful that I get to be alive and that I'm not going to die and I'm not going to be sick and I just have to take this pill. So I guess I just, obviously before I had HIV, I never would have known any of that. And I thought, I don't think people know this. Like I, people don't realize that that it's a pill now for the most part and getting your blood checked, you know, two to three times a year. And, you know, we're really actually so much more on top of our health because we get to see our blood work, you know, three to, you know, two, three times a year. Who else gets to do that? You know, so exactly. I mean, I think in a way we're, we're definitely more on top of our health than other people. I mean, I know, I, I know lots of people who haven't been to the doctor in 10 years and don't know what's going on in their body where I will always kind of know. So anyways, I just remember feeling like I wanted um, people to know, exactly what it was and I didn't and I was really grappling with that in that time like with the stigma and just not really like knowing how I felt and knowing I still felt like a good person and healthy and I I was you know I'd come back from having AIDS I felt super normal I was working I was doing everything I normally did and I thought I was really grappling with this knowing there was this stigma and knowing that I I'm supposed to fall into this category of this person that people hate and I'm and I'm not really getting why it's not making any sense to me so like that really irritated me and I that was another reason why I wanted to be like you know hey um you can look like a normal person because of course before you have HIV you think everybody must have a certain look or they must look sick or you know and little does everybody know you're walking by people all the time that have HIV and you just don't you're not a clue so I guess there was like that mm, rebellious side of me that kind of was like enjoying the shock value a little bit like hey guess what you can have HIV and you can look totally fine you know what it's not Mm -hmm. what you all think it is so there was that was kind of like some of my reasons for doing it and yeah and I just talked and talked for like a half an hour and like people like you and uh oh first of all when you put that out who was like the first person who kind of reached out to you after you put your video out like how did you get involved in like for instance, girl, a girl like me, like, how did you get yourself connected with, like, who was that person who reached out to you? Oh, God. Well, okay. So it, it's the view, the viewers kept, the subscribers kept happening, which I did not expect at all. I thought this video was going to just be seen by hopefully it'll find that right person, but the subscribers kept happening. And I was like, what the hell is going on here? And I keep seeing the views go up. I mean, it was insane for like months. I'm like, 
every I could barely sleep. I'd check the you know the how many views it got and who, new subscribers, and I'm like, my God, what do I do with this? You know, my God, you know, I should make another video, I guess, and tell them you know answer questions. There was questions. It was just all nuts. So. I kept doing it. I was just, there was no intention of becoming a YouTuber at all. This was just originally just to like find that other woman who I did find, by the way. She about three weeks into my video being out. Um, she's in South Africa. And um, I always call her my first wife because she's um, <laughs> a private group with a bunch of Asia. So she's my first wife. And uh, she's awesome. And I hope we get to meet someday. She's got a, the most amazing accent. Um, so anyways, yeah. And when she contacted me, she had tuberculosis. She was in the hospital. She had just been diagnosed. She was, went on YouTube looking for somebody who had been through what she was going through, found me, connected with me, and we were an emotional mess. I mean, it was just like, my God, we're not alone. You know, he, me and this woman from freaking South Africa. I mean, you know, it was just, it was amazing. So, um, and that started happening more and more. There was more women reaching me. The next one was down in Los Angeles. She was in the hospital at the time too. And then there was Brittany Ann who was in North Carolina. She was, um, my God, the girl practically died, and she said she'd never gone on YouTube, and she decided to look up something. She found me, and she goes, she decided to write to me, and she said and she didn't even know what she was doing, and she, she said, you got back to me. She said, I couldn't believe it, and I mean, we're as, you know, we're as tight as ever now. I mean, it's just, it was insane, so these really incredible things awesome. were happening. The the viewership kept going up, so the video, I kept making videos, and then um, I'm trying to think. Okay, so then Connie, um, Connie, Connie, what is her last name? You know her. She's in Las Vegas. Yeah. Connie Rose. I know she Connie. Says, you yeah. Need to, yeah, she said, you need to get in touch with um, Bruce Richmond. And um, so I did because I think at that point my video might have been out, you know, it was around December. And he and I had a phone call and he told me what undetectable meant. I'll never forget it. I was sitting in my car at a grocery store. It was nighttime and he explained it to me and I was like, What? Like, I can't transmit it. Like, I pretty much knew I couldn't because Eric didn't get it from me and my viral load was really high. But I didn't know about this thing called undetectable and being untransmittable. So that was sort of my first real contact with Bruce. And um, and then I went to um, – I'm trying to think of anything happened before that. I was just kind of rolling with my channel up until September of um, last year. And then I went to USCA in Washington, and I was there with Kevin and Bruce and – Brady Dale and I mean everybody was there and I met Krista from a and girl the rest like me, is history for a couple hours <laughs> and the rest is history yeah it was like Bruce said you need to be here and I'll never I mean he's like Jennifer you have to come and I knew I had to do it on my own dime but I felt like I need to go and meet all these people that I keep seeing online and so I was yeah. there and I mean it was it was amazing it was amazing to walk around with a shirt that says you have HIV and everyone there does too and you're part of this group, and God, it's a family. It's an instant family. It was amazing. Yeah, it was great. No, it's it's one of my yeah. favorite things is attending conferences and meeting other people who I've you know been friends with online. Like when I went to Positive Living, I met uh, Brady for the first time, and it was like I was so excited you know to meet and Bruce for the first time, and it was just like having that energy yeah. of that new you equals you you know going around. But I I do have a question coming from Twitter. Um, our friend Scarlett okay. Red. Um, uh, this is from Scarlet Red Reality Gem. He says, Jennifer, mm -hmm. as a mom of three, how have you been able to open up about health and or sexual health with your children since your diagnosis? If so, have the lines of communication felt more open? I missed the very beginning of that because it cut out. Can you just repeat the very beginning of it? How have what? Sure. It says that as a mom of three, how has she been able to open up about health or your sexual health with your children? Oh, okay. Um, yeah, they're really aware of how I got it. Um, so it's like we, 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 it's kind of that uh, mom and we don't really want to think about how mom got it, but they know. Um, my but I guess I like has, did it, did I guess in a way he wants to know, like, did it did it feel like you were able to have, like, because, you know, having that sex talk with your kids in general is, is, is a tough thing to have. And since you had this, you know, HIV conversation, was it easier to open up the conversation about sexual health, I guess, in in that aspect because you had, like, the, the, the stepping stone of HIV to open it up? 
I really want to say yes, but I think there's no two ways about it. It's an awkward, yeah. it's an awkward conversation. Anyway, I mean, I really thought I was going to be that mom before I had kids, and I'm like, I'm going to just talk to them about everything, and then they turn into teenagers, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh my god, like I don't want to really talk to them about this stuff. But you know, they're really open with each other, and I'm typically around when they're talking about stuff. So. As much as it seems all cringy for all of us, we do, we're pretty open. And so, but I don't know that HIV was really the catalyst to that. I think that regardless, we are, we're, I'm really open with my kids and, you know, we're, they're really open with me for the most part. So I think like it would have probably naturally happened, but it definitely, there's more of an air in the, you know, there's, there's, it's it's here. I mean, there's we know how mom got it, and we you know they're aware of Eric, and I'm sure they hear a lot of stuff about you know that we have condomless sex. I mean that that goes out, and they hear it. And we know you know it's not like we have big talks about it, but they they're aware of it. No, that's awesome. But I think so. Overall, listen, I want to take a not quick... the easiest. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. It's not the easiest conversation to have with kids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> Okay, I want to take a quick break real quick and play one of uh, Rise Up to HIV and Kevin Maloney's uh, positive message. It's going to actually come from our friend Brady. Um, And actually, Brady will be on the show next week uh, sharing his story. So let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Jennifer Vaughn. I'm going to put you on hold for one second, okay, Jen? Sounds good. All right, and let's hear from Brady. Hey, everybody. My name is Brady Morris. I live in Nashville, Tennessee. Um... Uh, when I was diagnosed as being HIV positive in 2009, I turned right around and tried to commit suicide twice because I thought my life was over. I wanted to just hide from life. I didn't want to do anything. Um, and it took one person coming to me and saying, Brady, I know that you were just recently diagnosed as HIV positive. I was just recently diagnosed can you help me? Can you show me, tell me what I need to do next? And that was my light bulb moment. I was like, I do have a purpose. I can help. Um, and that's turned my life around. I have completely given my life over to service, to volunteer. And as a matter of fact, that diagnosis led me on a journey and now I'm even in Africa doing <laughs> volunteering, working with children who have been orphaned due to HIV and working with a local women's group, um, an HIV positive only women's group, um, which has been so, so fulfilling. So just because you have been diagnosed with HIV, it does not mean your life is over. There is so much more to keep living for. Stay strong. Love you guys. Say hi, everybody. This is what life is about. And there you have it. Uh, Brady will be joining us live next Sunday, the 15th, so don't forget to tune in. And if uh, you're familiar with the Rise Up to HIV uh, positive message campaign that was on last year, uh, there were actually videos, and they were trans, uh, they were put into uh, audio for me here. And in the video, Brady is actually there in Africa, and he's with all the kids, and the kids are all screaming, and it's the cutest thing. So if you didn't get to see that, uh, go check that out on on Rise Up to HIV's uh, YouTube page or Facebook page or whatever it is. But we're back here with Jennifer. So Jennifer Vaughn, um, one last thing I do want to talk about is I want to talk about your Facebook page that you run for HIV positive women and how folks now can find it and join. So um, yeah, that page started very organically. Um, like I said, um, the first woman that contacted me was from South Africa, and then I started having sort of a growing list of names that were, like, even from Africa. I mean, I was like, wow, I have women that are contacting Like, they're finding me from different parts of the world. It was just, it was insanity, really. And then, so I'm keeping a running list of who I'm talking to, and they're all having, like, individual conversations with me. Um, and through, basically, we were going through Messenger on Facebook, and, um, And it was getting to a point where, and I knew they needed me. They needed this outlet because they felt so alone. Every single one of them only had me to talk to. And here I'm like, you know, kind of counseling all of them because a lot of them had been just newly diagnosed and I was already on the path to like feeling super good. And so I was like, you know, trying to get them through it. 
And I, it was exhausting. I loved them, but it was getting like, oh, my God. And then I thought, what if – and they were all incredibly um, private about their status. Like, they were, there was no one that knew at work. A lot of them hadn't even told their family. And so I was their only outlet. And then I thought, you know, I need to get – I wonder if there's a way to put them together. And so, okay, so then I, I, I didn't know much about Facebook, but I found out that you can't have a private group on there that people can't find unless you join them to it. And so I asked yeah. them individually, you know, hey, would you guys want to be – you know, I said, look, I've got these other women. I'd like to see if I could connect you guys. Uh, would you be willing to do it? And I, I didn't know that they would because I thought they might be there. Like, there's so much fear of anyone finding out that I thought they might just say no. And because they were even afraid of someone, even another person in another country with HIV finding out they had it. That's how scared people are. But I thought they might not do it. But they all said yes. Mm. Couldn't believe it. There, but there's still some out there that like that wouldn't do it because they were so afraid it would somehow show up on their computer that somebody would walk by at work. And I mean, it's just, the fear is, is real. So I couldn't convince some of them, but um, I got about 15 on and that was like a year ago in February. Um, so we started with 15 and I'll never forget it. The moment they started communicating, <laughs> um, it always makes me emotional. I fell down on my kitchen floor and just fell apart because it was like, they all had each other, and it was like an instant family. It was amazing. <laughs> Sorry, I get so much. Yeah, it's all, no, it, no, it's important, and it's all uh, because of you. Really and uh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. That's good for you. I remember, I remember Eric looking at me like, "What is wrong with you?" And I said, "They're talking." I said, "Oh my God, they're talking." <laughs> and so, and I, you know, and I got to see their conversations because they were talking through this group, and it was private, and they were just. I mean, it was like, I feel like they went on for days just, you know, did you go through this? Oh, my God. And it was just, it was unbelievable. And so then I, I can't remember how I originally, but I must have posted something. Um, oh, I think I made a video. That was it. And I was like, it, you know, I, I was kind of explaining in my video, like, what had happened. There's, you know, there is this now if you want it. And, you know, if you want to get in touch with me. So basically, people just find my Facebook page and um, and just contact me through this um, direct message. And then that way, because you have to be friends with me on Facebook for me to connect you to the group. So um, right now we're at um, 104. And we, you know, it's funny, we celebrated at 100. We were like, Woo-hoo! But then part of us is like, you know, we let's. I mean, what are we celebrating? We're celebrating that we all have HIV. I mean, it's kind of a big bummer. <laughs> we don't want to see more people come to the group, but we're really happy that they found us. And you know, it's it's amazing. Like I, I, I was connecting a new woman, and I always do an introduction for each woman that joins the group, and I want everyone to know there's somebody new there. And this is kind of where I always, you know, talk to them ahead of time. It's like a little pre-interview, and I say, you know, is it okay to share with? this with the group and let them know like kind of where you're at because sometimes people are incredibly distraught and they just they're like yeah. in a shock state sometimes it's people that have had it for years but they just never knew anybody else who had it so they all come from different places so I sort of like write it out depending on their situation so um, I would post this and then I don't ask the other members to do this but even members that had joined the week before were like, welcome to our group. You know, it was like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, it just gave me goosebumps. Like, so beautiful watching these women welcome the new women and be so accepting and let them know. I mean, they're all like, you're going to love this group. It was, I, it was blowing. It has been one of the biggest achievements of my life. And I, I am I'm incredibly proud about it. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, no, that's, so happy about that's it. incredible. It reminds me um, before – you know, before I started the, the, the radio show here, I had I actually had a social network for people with HIV, and it was called Pause mm-hmm. by the same name, and we had, you know, a couple thousand people. And having that connection, you know, seeing that in front of you, something that you created, bringing all these people together and mm-hmm. indulging in conversations, <laughs> making friendships, and really forming bonds with one another. And, you know, these are lifelong friendships mm-hmm. that these people are meeting on a place that you, you know, created. It's, it's awesome, and, you know, it's good yeah. for you. You know, not yeah, only are you beautiful, but you're also too. smart. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank you. Well, like I said, it all happened really organically, and every every step that's yeah. happened has been another like, wow, this is just insane. You know, it's been really a, a great, amazing journey. But yeah, like they've they've several of them have met up. Um, you know, they don't. None, nobody like really lives close to each other, but somebody will go on vacation and be like, I'm definitely going to meet up with so and so because I know I'm going to be near them, and then they'll put a post a picture on the page and. 
it's it's crazy. I mean, I've met, I think, four of the girls on, on the page. And it's funny, Brittany and I were just talking the other day, and I she said, well, I hope to someday come out to California and meet you. And I'm like thinking, but we already met. Oh, no, we haven't. We've only been on Skype together. I mean, I feel like I know her, you know? <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. But yeah, we, it's no, it's really awesome. great connections. It's, yeah, it is. It's super Great. Awesome. So uh, what I'm so going to do is I'm going to, um, we have all your social media on all ours. So Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, it's all shared. So we're going to get there. If you guys want to find Jennifer Vaughn and, and follow her and find this Facebook group, go ahead to either our Facebook page or Twitter page, and you can find a link to her and ask her more questions. Um, I want to leave with one final thought. If somebody newly diagnosed walks up to you right now, Jennifer, and asks you, Give me some advice. I don't know what to do. What advice would you give somebody who's newly diagnosed? Newly diagnosed? Well, definitely, I mean, make sure you're in care. Make sure that you're on treatment and that you're seeing a doctor regularly. Um, you know, you're going to know two words now, viral load and CD4 count for the rest of your life. And just know that you're going to be healthy and you can't transmit the virus once you're undetectable. That's really, really important. I tell people that immediately and direct them to the prevention mm-hmm. access. Everyone's getting that information from their medical providers. So I want to make sure they know that right away. Um, and that really it's the stigma is the main part that your health is going to be okay. And that, you know, it's just stay in care make sure that you take your medication and um, try to get support. For sure, try to find a way to talk to others that are um, also HIV positive. It's really helpful to be um, connected with people that know exactly what you're going through. Because everybody, there's no one that's gotten this diagnosis that didn't feel exactly the same way. I think we all have that exact same bond. We all, no one gets this and just goes, oh, okay, I'm just going to go and get an ice cream now. I mean, nobody. It's a it's a yeah. very shocking, <laughs> scary diagnosis for everybody. So, yeah, I think support is really, really important for sure. Well, there you have it. Jennifer Vaughn, thank you so much for joining me today, and I look forward to meeting you sometime at one of these wonderful conferences. We will. Thank you so much for having me. This was really fun. So nice to be on. Anytime. All right, and you have a great rest of your Sunday, hon. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. And for more information on today's guest, you can go to all of our social media pages and find uh, links there. Uh, you're going to go to Pause I Am Radio across the board. And I want to, again, thank Jennifer Vaughn for joining us today live. And I am so excited for next week to have Brady join us. So uh, you don't want to miss that. Mark your calendars. And to everyone else, it's good to be back. Thanks for listening to Pause I Am Radio, your dose of hope. Connect with the show at pauseiamradio.com or on social media, and we'll see you next time.